Hey, Doug. Hello, Karen. We have a very special back on the block. Yes. This one may be the most special. So that was crazy. What was that thing that just happened? Um, I don't know. I guess we should step back and uh, dissect it. But um, by way of introduction, instead of doing the next recap from season four, instead we're talking about a special quarantine-specific thing that happened in real time tonight, uh, which is uh, Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley do this twice-a-day thing called Stars in the House, um, where they do a bunch of different uh, like remote performances and reunions via Zoom. Um, it is hel- helped organized by and to benefit the Actors Fund, which is a charity I have worked a lot with in my own life um, that helps raise funds not just for working actors, but all people that contribute to the entertainment industry when they are in need. Um, and they did a Melrose Place reunion with most of the original players, um, sorry, Rhonda. Sorry, Sandy. But all of all of the big ones. Um, and for just over an hour, Karen and I tuned in and, and watched this live on YouTube. I believe that these uh, URLs live for a while. I don't know if it's a couple days or a week um, afterwards. So if it does, we'll post it on the Back on the Block pod site on Facebook. So if you didn't watch it, you can catch it. Um, I don't know about you, Karen, but I actually thought it was really fun and really sweet. I enjoyed it. In fact, I was not expecting to enjoy it either. Did you did you only watch it because I said, hey, we should do this? Partly. <laughs> I mean, I was curious. I was definitely curious because um, they've never, I think they did, did they do Paley Center this this fall? Like, I feel like there, there's never they, been like a reunion, but I feel like maybe they nev- did Paley Center. They've done, I know they did a photo shoot for the 25th, I think, with Entertainment Weekly. It might have been the 20th. And I feel like they did a recent thing sponsored by Entertainment Weekly um, within the last year or two. And that may have been at the Paley Center for Media. Um, But they've never done anything on TV. They've never done anything broadcast for anyone who wanted to to see Reunited together. And I always thought that that was really strange because... I did too. You know, they're sort of the only iconic 90s show that hasn't had that. And I never really knew why. And I thought, maybe the cast just hates each other. But it was like kind of clear from this that they're all pretty friendly. That was my takeaway too. And my thinking was similar to yours. I've always thought, well, they may or may not have hated each other, but I think they kind of hated doing the show and wanted to distance themselves from it and life just moved on. But not, I really did not get the impression that except for maybe those who had worked together like Josie Bissett and Jack Wagner or those who had gotten together like Doug Savant and Laura Layton didn't really think that any of them stayed friends, kept in touch, necessarily even felt that enthusiastically about having done the show. And this reunion really makes it seem like the opposite. Well, I think that, I mean, I think that they knew based on having like the reunion, what they were saying, like they knew that the writing was kind of ridiculous and they knew that the storylines were absolutely like gonzo and they and they were, I mean, first of all, to sort of be in that and know it and not be completely like, I, like they were, they were, they were real pros, um, you know, and, and so I think that that was, that was really kind of a great takeaway for me. And then to also see that, like, 
holy crap, I had no idea that that first season was 12 months of work. Yeah, I knew that. Did, you knew that? I didn't I, I, I didn't knew that it was right. You wouldn't, that. you wouldn't, only because I'm, you know, like, so ensconced in my, my Melrose knowledge from back, from when it was on in real time. That's, no, why else would anyone know? Yeah, I mean, I, and, and the fact that they were filming two shows a day, and the, like, and, and I think there was what, I was taking notes for this one. Um, I think there was, where was it? Um, Hit Your Mark and Bark. Bark, was, yeah. Was Which, sort of like the actor's notes. And it was really funny because they were like, yeah, no, we didn't get actor's notes. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. You didn't well, get Well, you know, we notes. always, we always joked about that with Andrew Shue, that it's like, as long as he could just say the line, they were like, okay, we move on. And it sounds like that's really what they did with everyone. Cause they were just trying to film so much footage with so many cast members that I guess they really were like, we're moving story along just show up have your makeup and costume right and say your line and move on and as long as they got the light i think that's what they did but yeah it sounds it sounds crazy that they were driving to and from and filming not just scenes within an episode out of order but episodes out of order almost all the time uh, it's kind of amazing that as much of it was as convincing you know in its campy moment as it was i should we should also say so the people that were on this the way it was structured was they could only fit five other Skype or Zoom boxes at a time, Brady Bunch style. So, so it was sort of broken up among, I think, ten players. It was um, Andrew Shu, Daphne Zuniga, Courtney Thorne Smith, Marsha Cross, Laura Layton, Doug Savant, Thomas Calabro, Heather Locklear. Did I say Josie Bissett? I think you might have Marsha Cross. Did we say her? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm missing... Oh, Grant Show. I don't think I said his name. Oh, okay. Um, and and they said this started because at the end of a Desperate Housewives reunion that was done earlier on Stars in the House, someone had thrown out, well, can we get a Melrose Place reunion? Which if I'd heard that, I would have never in a million years thought was a possibility. And I think Marsha Cross kind of got on the ball and organized it and said, hey guys, let's do this. And... You know, like we were saying, there does seem to be an actual affection. These people are, are adults and their lives are, seem to be settled in a, a nice place, um, even for Heather Luck there. We'll get to that. Um, and, um, you know, they even showed six of the cast members had gotten together and gone out for dinner at a restaurant in New York before the holidays last year, which was really sweet. I'm really dying to figure out what restaurant that was. Alyssa was like, could you imagine, Doug, if you were at that restaurant and you saw all of them together? Quite frankly, I'm not sure what I would have done, if anything. <laughs> um but no, they all seem to be genuinely kind and, and kind of look back knowing that this was a special uh, thing for them. You know, aside from Daphne Zuniga and Heather Locklear, it, it was like the first big thing. They wasn't, for some of them, even the first thing, like Josie Bissett and Laura Layton, it was just the first work they had. Um, and, and with enough like time and distance career-wise, they all seem to just be very positive about it. Yeah, I, th- I loved that it was sort of... Like they didn't, because they were working on so many scripts at once and, and Melrose Place had so many episodes, they really couldn't remember things that I thought was really funny because there were iconic moments from the show for the viewers and they were like, I don't remember that. So Seth is showing this clip and I thought this was great of, of the, the one where, um, where Daphne's character, where Joe walks in and finds Jake and Shelly on the desk and as they called it vampire style, which absolutely they were, which is so funny, which was hilarious. And Doug's like watching that clip and he's like, I don't remember. I'm sorry, Jake there. Grant was watching the clip and he's going, I don't remember that scene. 
yeah. who is that actor? Who? What character is that? Like, he didn't even remember Shelley. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I hear that a lot with actors from all sorts of shows. Like, it stays, it looms large in the viewers' hearts. We remember these storylines and moments forever. And for them, it was like all in the day's work. And in between scenes, you know, they're calling their agent. They're like going to a gym. You know, they're they're getting drinks, whatever. Like, it doesn't mean nearly the same thing in at the micro level to the actors as it does to the viewer. But at the macro level, they still appreciate, like, what it was. Right. Um, but yeah, it's funny. A lot of them couldn't remember like storylines and and oh, did my character do that? Oh, I don't even remember who I was involved with half the time. Um, and yet, yeah, the overwhelming feeling was one of of you know like fondness and, and gratitude. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I thought it was super interesting that Thomas Calabro wanted the role of Billy and that's yeah. what he went in and auditioned for. And he said, Billy was the fun role. Like he didn't think that. And, and Michael was originally written to be, uh, I think, um, what did they say? He was supposed to be the solid presence for all the young people was, in the building. Almost, almost like the father figure. Yeah. He was supposed to be the father figure. And, and that makes sense. He was a little bit older than everybody else, um, on the bill. So he never was supposed to be the sort of same age, but like a bit older. And he just, and then he, his, you know, his character just completely, um, you know, shifted. And I think, or they think that might've had something to do with he and Marsha Cross sort of like changing up the way that they did their line. Reading. Sounds like, it sounds like, yeah, they really brought something that was never written into the scripts when they were working together. And ultimately like the writers just gave into it and, and turned it all into a new direction. Which is really funny because you see that the you see the non evolution of their characters that way because originally they were really just friends and their relationship was just friendly and and then all of a sudden one day they're like hooking up yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and you're like wait what you know yeah. and there was absolutely no no lead up to that and I guess yeah, you, this you is can why. see that. But I guess the turn as it took place in the writer's room, you can you can almost clock it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really sort of funny to kind of hear them sort of like say or talk about all of these things that were going on behind the scenes. And all of a sudden, the series makes total sense. Yeah. And what doesn't make sense. I mean, it still doesn't make sense, but at least you understand now, you know, storyline for storyline. No, it doesn't make sense, but, but you can see the how behind the scenes now. Right. Yeah. Right. Like Courtney Thorne Smith saying at one point they were filming something like six different episodes and they're all out of order. And she was like, wait a minute, have we broken up yet? Are we still together? Do we like each other? Do we hate each other? I don't know where we are right now. And so that's why sometimes they would be doing scenes. You know, we see these scenes now and we're like, wait, I don't understand why they're playing it like that. <laughs> yeah, but but not as often as you'd think we would, given that, like, mayhem going on. Given that, how chaotic that not it known. sounded. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, given how, cha- how absolutely chaotic I give I give all of them an extra salute just for even, like, looking, like, half the time like they were in the right place at the right time saying their line. So was there, a, like, what was the biggest surprise for you? Um, I think that, I think how haphazard the filming was, I don't think there were many surprises for me because not to toot my own horn, but 
I really knew a lot more than Seth Rudetsky was as the moderator. Um, he confused characters and storylines and stuff, and I was like, no, that's not right. Um, but there were, like, little behind-the-scenes things that I didn't know, like um, how Courtney Thornsmith would be the one to rally the whole cast to, for, like, group outings, uh, like, for lunch or after the end of the workday and stuff, which was nice. I... I always looked at it very differently, which was they were not a very bonded cast and they hated doing the show once it became a soap. And that's why they all fled um, as soon as they were contractually able to. And maybe that kind of wasn't the case, that it was a career choice, but they maybe liked it a bit more uh, in the doing than 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 I thought. Um, and there's one sweet anecdote I hadn't known about Laura Layton and Doug Savant, which they did at the end, um, how she and Doug Savant have like a very tiny scene in her final episode, um, which is when Sid's character gets remarried. We'll get to that in season five, guys. Um, and she said later on when Doug and Laura were married in, in real life, their son was in kindergarten and there was like a meeting at a chapel and the chapel where their son's kindergarten class was having their morning meeting is the same exact chapel where they had shot that wedding scene in her final episode, which was, you know, if you're a fan of the show, minutia like that is actually really sweet. I thought that was very sweet. I, I thought it was really interesting too, to hear about how, um, you know, Billy, there, um, our, our buddy, Andrew Shue was never even called back from his original audition yeah, and yeah, they true. had a different Billy. Now, did you know they had a different Billy? I knew that I knew that. And I, a long time ago I had looked up who the original actor was. I'd seen the name and it's no one I'd ever heard of or seen from anything else. I think it was one of those things where like, I couldn't even click on their name on Wikipedia or something. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, it was someone famous. And then it went to Andrew Shue. It was just some unlucky guy who had what could have been a break and then didn't get it and ended up becoming Andrew Yeah, so I guess maybe they filmed a couple scenes with him and he just wasn't working out. That's kind of like yeah. what I yeah. got from Yeah, I think so. So could you imagine there was a worse actor out there than Andrew Shue that they had to recast that role? Maybe it was a chemistry thing and not a talent thing. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe now, it was Maybe I, it was he wasn't as hot. I don't know. But now I feel really bad sort of like slagging off on Andrew Shue because he actually seemed very sweet and very charming in this um, in this. In, oh, in I've, this interview I've, I've always thought that and every time I rag on him I always feel bad because I feel like among the cast he's actually probably the kindest I mean his organization that he's been working with for 25 years do something he created a, a whole philanthropic organization for young and underprivileged people like he seems like a genuinely good guy he knew acting wasn't his thing long term he seemed to seem to very much not take it for granted um, he probably is a good guy. He was very specific in saying how nice Heather Locklear is to all the people who thought she might have been wild or a bitch because she played one. Um, no, I think he's actually a very kind man. So what were you going to say about Heather Locklear being there? I was super surprised to see her. I was surprised that she did it. She's just, what, one year sober. She had that, um, you know, she, she's had some issues. Uh, and, you know, obviously most recently, about a year ago, um, she got busted for, what was it, drunk driving? Yes. And that's sort of like that, the, the whole spiral. And yeah, I mean, she's had a, she's had a couple of like really scary moments. Yeah. Um, uh, what I was going to say first was in general, I mean, these guys are all pretty much early fifties to early sixties. Yes. Um, 
They look amazing. They do look great. I mean, Rosie Bissette looks fantastic. Yeah. They all look still, good. Still she looks beautiful. fantastic. Yeah. They, look, they look terrific. Uh, yeah, Grant Show. Alyssa's like, and Grant Show? Yeah, he looks terrific, too. He, he looks great um, with that, like, crazy stash that he had going on, too. I was yeah, like, he's got what some, are you doing? He's got some, like, Fu Manchu thing going on because he can, I guess, in quarantine. I, I'm not watching the new Dynasty. I don't think that was for character. Um, uh, no, I think the one who... Um, maybe looks the the most different from when they did on the show is probably Heather Locklear. Though I think she still looked good. Right. Like she looked she looked a little out of it. Looked like she was the one sitting on the floor when everyone else was on couches or at desks. Um but she seemed with it. Yeah. Um which was nice to see. Um yeah, and I've always heard that like everyone who's ever worked with her says she's so nice and you don't necessarily think she will be because she's a star um, and she plays, uh, you know, like a diva or whatnot. Um, but she never was in real life, according to any story I'd heard. And that kind of seemed in keeping with what, what we saw, too. You know, again, the um, production values of this. Are, are still relatively primitive as, as our current technology goes. So there was a, you know, there were a lot of things that didn't sound great. A lot of people who didn't know how to direct something or pick up something that was directed to them. And so a couple questions were lost, a couple things we didn't get answers to that were thrown out there. Um, but, but it was nice to see, it was nice to see yeah. her and nice to see all of them nonetheless. So what did you, I mean, what, what would you have wished they uh, to have learned like, did you have any questions? Were you, like, wondering, like, oh, I hope that they talk about this certain thing? I mean, the things that I would want to know are things no one would ever ask because they're a little too dark and inside baseball. I mean, there's, like, the juicy stuff. I really want to know more about what happened when Andrew Shu and Courtney Thornsmith dated in real life. Oh, I don't know um, that they would ever talk about that. And I, don't think they would. And I, I would always want to know why they all left during season five. Um, mm. And I think they probably wouldn't answered that or answer that truthfully um otherwise i would ask things like what was your favorite storyline what was your favorite moment thing you know things right. like that right. what about you would you have wanted to uh, ask anyone anything um no i don't i don't know i mean i don't know the show as well as you do i mean for me i just think it would have been more like how did it change your life yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I and, and they had they had to sort of touched upon this, like you know about how fortunate they were that the show exploded the way that it did, and how unexpected it was. Because again, that first season was a little bit of a dud. Um, I mean, not as big of a dud as season four, as we're learning. But um, but that first season, you know, they they needed Heather Locklear to come in and inject you know, something into the, into the series, uh, to really make it motor. And, um, and so they went from like, I think, I think it was Courtney Thorne Smith that said this, they went from like this weird, obscure thing that they were doing 30 miles out of LA. And this just is like, I think she even called it a bubble. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like it became this thing. And, you know, for actors in particular, like that is definitely like a life changing job. Right. And that's a career sure. changing job. And so I was, I'm just like very curious as to, and they were all fairly young too. Like, how did they handle it? What was that like to um, to be completely obscure and then, you know, go from com complete obscurity to, like, household name pretty much overnight? Yeah, because when that thing popped, it was huge. And, yeah. and, and I think... 
for those of them who were on the show in season one, the fact that they were like so close to getting canceled and then got rescued for this long running show that became such a big part of nineties culture. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they all learned to not take that for granted because they were so close to maybe not going anywhere or anywhere for a long time to, to having that thing boomerang back. I think they never forgot that. Well, and also do they regret it? I mean, because the one thing, uh, these are questions nobody else would be interested in, right? Because, you know, they are, you know, it must have been hard to find work after Melrose Place or at least right away because you're so associated with that series. And we know they've all gone on to work, but like they've never, only a handful of them have been able to sort of like pick up another major series, you know, like a Desperate Housewives or, you know, like, like there's, you know, Grant's um, only now just with Dynasty, right? This is kind of his next. I mean, he, he had short term runs on shows and, you know, he was the lead on Swingtown, stuff like that, which ended up being a short-lived show. But, okay. but yeah, that was the thing through, like, really the early 2000s yeah. was you were pigeonholed if you were a TV actor as a TV actor. And if you were on a soap, you were pigeonholed as a soap actor. It was really hard to transition. And only, re- I mean, like, Laura Layton worked because she was one of the moms in Pretty Little Liars. Few of them really struggled in terms of, like, can't get hired in anything. Courtney Thornsmith had 2,700 years on According to Jim, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But none of them, except I think really for Marsha Cross and Desperate Housewives, did anything that equaled or surpassed the the reach of Melrose. And interestingly, Heather Locklear was like kind of pretty famous before Melrose Place. And I feel like Melrose Place was the last thing she... Oh, no, she did Spin City. She was on Spin City. And then she did that LAX show and a couple other small things. Uh, for network, but nothing, again, nothing the, the same right. reach. Right, yeah. that had the same reach. I mean, I thought, you know, um, the other thing I learned that I didn't know was that Marsha Cross went to Juilliard. I knew that back in the day, and I knew the, she talked about she'd gone through something tragic when she was playing yeah, Kimberly was at her craziest. Yeah, I what that was. She dated an older actor named Richard Jordan, who had passed away right around the time of the start of Melrose Place, um, mm. and that was like, I think, a long-time relationship, and maybe 20, 25-year age difference between the two wow. of them. Okay. So that's what she was referring to, and she had been, um, I guess, fairly public about that back in the day. I knew that back when back in the nineties. Um, and I also know that since, um, I think it was between Melrose and desperate housewives. There was about five years. I think it was that time she went and got a master's degree in psychology. I don't think it was a PhD, Mm. but I think it was a master's in psychology. Oh my God. That's really kind of funny considering that, you know, Kimberly's second job, life (laughs) life imitating work. I mean, she was, she seemed incredibly smart. Um, I was like super impressed with her and, um, and, and she talked about how during, I guess that season, um, where they were filming the exploding, how the exploding apartment building, um, she was flying back and forth, uh, to San Diego to do Shakespeare. Yeah. Which I was like, oh my yeah. God, you know. So she had a pretty punishing schedule. It sounded like. Yeah, definitely sounds like. But yeah. good, good for her. I mean, especially like people try and do some theater or a film during a hiatus, and sometimes they try and do a movie on top of like a TV schedule, like say 
Helen Hunt doing Mad About You and As Good As It Gets. But Mad About You didn't have 33 hours worth of TV to film year in and year out. That's like psychotic. Yeah, I mean, they had, um, they, they really did have a, a, what sounded like a punishing schedule. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, did you know about um, uh, Darren Starr being Daphne? Oh, Daphne Zuniga's right. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that when she came to the show. Okay. They, they had said because they had been uh, college roommates. But I also think that Darren Starr knew um, Heather Locklear back from UCLA. Uh, and that was how they reached out to her to join the show, too. I don't know that they were all friends. I don't know if Daphne uh, Zuniga had known Heather Locklear. I thought uh, it was because Heather was in Aaron Spelling's universe already from, like, a TJ Hooker or something like that. And Aaron w- Spelling was the one that asked her to come and I mean, do a show. She was, but I think there was also a Darren Stark connection at UCLA. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was really great to see her. I was, I was really happy that she was there and she seemed like she was holding it together. So yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen a lot of TV interviews where they do reunions and sometimes you can tell when people just aren't into it, uh, are doing it just because or for the paycheck, but really don't care, don't want to be there, have some sort of bitterness. And I didn't get that from a single one of them doing this. No, they all seem to genuinely like each other and they seem to genuinely miss each other. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think for each of them, like, none of them were all, like, the characters they played. So it 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 seems as something of a surprise to us because that's all we know them for. Right, right, right. Um, right. And they're just different people in in real life. Um, So, yeah, also, and, and Doug Savant kind of spoke to what we've been dealing a lot with the bad Matt storylines, which is, while it was groundbreaking to have a main character who was gay, he said the 90s being what they were, pretty much all the storylines could be was Matt with another closeted straight guy or this this straight guy, or, you know, this gay guy stayed in the closet or this person didn't want anyone to know he wasn't straight. And and that's why we're sort of, like, hamstrung. Right. And he... Bring storylines. And he also, and I kind of didn't really realize this, he kind of pioneered the... Um, you know, the fact that he, he was, or he was a pioneer in it. Like we, he, he was playing a gay character. And so of course the press was sort of, because. Oh, wanted to know, you, are you gay? Are you gay? Right? And he would never commit to an answer and, and would say it doesn't matter. And so he, and he gave, he was talking about how that gave space to his friends who were gay. Yeah. Playing, yeah. Uh, playing these uh, other roles. I don't. I wasn't clear if he meant straight roles or whatever. If they were ever asked the question, where they could say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. I, th- my sexuality doesn't matter. This doesn't. This doesn't mean. You know, this doesn't matter. The the story matters. The character matters. You know, the the show matters." Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, um, as well. That he was kind of one of the first to uh, t- to do that. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. He doesn't get enough credit. I think he's the real deal in terms yeah. of like a talent and the guy who's known how to navigate his way through the industry. I remember back when I was young and reading Movie Line magazine, they interviewed him about his favorite movie. That was a running feature they had. And when it was his turn, he said Ordinary People, which was always wow. one of my favorites. And I'm like, he's got it. He's he's good. He's the real thing. Yeah. And also. I mean, he still looks amazing, and he looked great when he was on Desperate Housewives in his, like, mid-late 40s. Um, if he were on any other show and not standing next to, say, Grant Show and Andrew Shu, everyone would be talking about what a hot guy Doug Savant right. is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so cute because he was talking about how he had to watch what he ate. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so he would always have, you know, the buff body and the hot, you know, and the abs and stuff like that. I thought that was really cute. And he was like, my dad is fat. And I was like, <laughs> I was like aw. <laughs> aw, that's, that's so funny. Um, Yeah, I really thought that he was, um, you know, he, he really sort of like took responsibility for that, that part and that role and the fact that it was so groundbreaking. And I just felt like any other actor could have been like jumping up and down, like yelling, but I'm straight, but I'm straight and showing up to like all of these like events with like, you know, 10 women on his arm as if to prove something. Cause that was the time back then, you know, there really was a lot of fear that if, you know, you were gay, you'd never work. Well, Um, yeah. And, and perhaps in the opposite direction, awkwardly, he was actually married already to his first wife at that time. So he probably hit her more to perpetuate that it doesn't matter whether I'm straight or gay um, than he would have had to otherwise. Right, right. So anyway, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was a pretty cool thing, a reunion that they did. And um, yeah, I mean that show. It, obviously, it's why we're doing this. That show remains something unique and something special. Yeah. Um, no and matter people, how bad it gets, <laughs> we, we remember things, we celebrate them for them at their best, not at their worst. Um, but we're, we're traipsing through we're them at their through worst. The worst right um, now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it's true. So there seemed to be a swarm of people that kept writing comments in the YouTube, uh, comment section, asking questions and correcting Seth Rudetsky and whatnot. Um, so there's still a lot of Melrose fans out there, both old and perhaps, um, newly found. So yeah, some hopefully of, some of you guys can work your way to our podcast as we keep it going too. Yeah. I mean, people are sort of like, we're commenting that they're like binging it on Hulu right now because yeah, they're, during, quarantine. during the quarantine, you know, cause it's got, I mean, look, you could probably not finish the whole series by the time this quarantine's over. There are so many goddamn episodes. That would actually be nice. All yeah. things so, um, so yeah, I, I dug it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice break from, um, you know, the weekly viewing because since, since this season has been a slog, I felt like, yeah. wow, we could really, yeah, break. yeah, I, I, I agree. Definitely. I mean, we just found out about it yesterday and I was like, well, then this is perfect because we're about to record and let's uh, sidestep away from the block and do this. Cause yeah, it's a yeah, cool one time thing. For once we can have a hot take. That's right. <laughs> So we're curious to those of you who, I hope I'm not cutting you off, Karen, if there was no. anything else you had written in your notes. Uh, no, that I think my notes are covered. Um, I did not take notes. I didn't, I, I didn't think you would, but I'm glad you did. I did. And oh, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was Josie Bissett saves her costumes. Yeah, I get. I'm assuming she means from everything she works on. Yeah, she takes whatever like, clothes she can. Yeah, it's, it sounded like from every, but it also sounded like she doesn't let anything go. And I, and I yeah. was saying that, and I'm sort of sitting here and going, "How big are her closets?" I know she was like, she keeps everything. I'm like, how many rooms does she have? And I guess she repurposes stuff when like when like she gets sick of them, or like if they start getting ratty, like she. So I guess like fashion yeah. designer Jane comes out and she like repurposes her stuff, which I also thought was pretty interesting. Yes. Because who knew? Yeah, that's one of the gems to take away. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so if any of you guys have watched or um, either in real time or gone ahead and found the URL, let us know what you thought. Let us know what you learned. Let us know if you're thinking of the show or the actors uh, any differently. All of that. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess we'll be back next time with the usual episode recap and some Hollywood Boulevard stuff. Yep. Uh, we wish you well. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. Stay sane. All of those things. Watch Melrose Place. Yeah. And I know we promised last week that we'd see you back on the block, but we really mean it this week for next week. We'll see you back on the block. Bye. Bye.